0: Welcome to WTS Waikato, Season 2. It's a radio show and podcast about the goings-on in our region under the new normal. I'm producer Gary Farrow. Throughout the Waikato and the rest of New Zealand lie buildings, sites, vehicles and even whole villages that are abandoned and in a state of decay. There's a community of photographers around the country who are fascinated by these places and seek to give an insight into history using their cameras. One such explorer from the Waikato is kind enough to share her story with us.
1: My name's Hannah Grace and uh, I'm a photographer. I have a love for urbex, which is urban exploring, um, especially abandoned places. Um, But when I'm not doing photography, I'm actually studying psychology at Waikato University.
0: Interesting. So how did you get into urbex?
1: Um, I'm not actually sure. It was just sort of something that kind of evolved. Like um, I did photography when I was in high school and for one of my projects I did Um, these old abandoned like V-dub cars and they were all rusted out um, covered in like lichen and moss and I was just obsessed with like the textures that that brought to the image and from there I just kind of started looking for more abandoned cars and then it turned into like abandoned barns and then houses and then started going on websites and looking for like schools and hospitals that had been abandoned and kind of trying to get into like the bigger stuff I guess.
0: So, would you just be driving along and you'd see something that might make an interesting shot and go and have a look at it?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, every time I'm driving, I'm looking for something that looks abandoned, Um, and when I see it, I'll either put a like pin on my Google Maps to come back to, or I'll just pull over and I'll kind of scope it out and have a look. Yeah.
0: Um, The average person, uh, I imagine, wouldn't realise how many abandoned sites and objects there actually are about the place. Uh, but there are quite a few, aren't there, that you w- would be taking notice of?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, especially because in New Zealand we're not a very old country so you don't expect to see so many abandoned things but there are. They're tucked away like in the back farmlands and places you don't drive very often and, um, you know, like old mines and old, um, that's a big one, is mines. Um, especially like with the deep institutionalization of um, psychiatric hospitals there's quite a few abandoned hospitals around in that sense Um, but yeah they're all tucked away in places that you just wouldn't normally see them
0: sense of trepidation when you're going into these places or do you uh do you feel welcome and like you're supposed to be there
1: um i definitely uh, maybe a little bit of trepidation but generally i feel like um a little bit welcome perhaps like i feel like what i'm doing is quite respectful I, i have a massive um rule about only taking photos only leaving footprints and that's it um and I think it's really important to kind of document these places as well. Like they get kind of tucked away and forgotten about and no one knows they exist. And I think it's really cool to bring that to like the public eye and sort of like, cause it's really beautiful. Like decay and abandonment is actually really beautiful in its own way. And so to have that and show it to people, I think it's really cool. So if, yeah, like I feel kind of like welcome to, to do that in a sense.
0: What sort of treasures have you found around the Waikato, I guess? Uh, uh, I mean, I imagine you've been further afield as well. Yeah, when you're travelling around the country, you would be (laughs) keeping an eye out Mm. for interesting sights. Um, But what have you experienced in the Waikato?
1: Um, There's a few really good ones. I think the highlight for me would be um, the Tokanui Psychiatric Hospital down by um, Te Aomuru. So that is really otherworldly because it's its own whole village basically it was completely self-sufficient in its own day and it's just been completely just left since i think about the 90s and untouched and it's just it's like a time capsule when you walk in there you know um Another really cool one, I think, is the um, Central Underground Station that we I think they used in the 90s, and then they stopped using. So freight trains still go through, but um, the platform itself has been abandoned, and I think that's really cool. It also feels like a time capsule walking in there. Um, There is a really cool abandoned mine up in Huntley, actually. that has become flooded so it's it's become very aesthetic in terms of like reflections and and stuff and it's just it's a real cool definitely a treasure in terms of like photography um i wouldn't get too close though because it's quite dangerous that one
0: Mm. this is what i'm thinking because these places you're going to are cordoned off they're abandoned uh safety standards aren't maintained because nobody is there anymore Mm -hmm. so um, uh, have you had any experiences of sort of getting into a precarious situation in, uh, in sites?
1: I actually haven't to be honest. I think I'm pretty careful. I like to go in thinking like really well ahead. I like to think of all the possibilities and consequences. Like I really don't want to get hurt and I, if I'm uh, exploring with someone else I really don't want them to get hurt either. So I guess it's just being aware of things and being kind of smart like if something looks dangerous or like it's going to collapse or the floor looks weak then just don't go in there. Take a photo from a distance kind of thing because um, other explorers will kind of make notes of places that I see on like abandoned pages like on Facebook um, and so I just really take note of that when they say like oh be careful the floorboards are weak," or be careful that this place has actually got toxic sludge or something like that like for the mine example and um, yeah just being really careful of that I just don't want anyone to get hurt and I w- wouldn't want to get caught somewhere like that in a predicament
0: yeah mm. Yeah, absolutely. It would be hard to to call help to <laughs> yeah. a mine that is um off the map.
1: Yeah, trying to explain that to authority <laughs> like yeah, I'm stuck in a toxic mine um that I wasn't supposed to be in in the first place. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, what sort of things do you see in the places where you go because it obviously isn't just it isn't just crumbled buildings or crumbled walls i imagine there'd be a lot you see in the psychiatric hospitals uh, that have been abandoned for example mm. uh, they're disused but equipment would still be in there wouldn't it
1: Um, Not a lot of equipment, um, not in terms of medical equipment. Um, There was old, like a nurses station that had like cupboards with labels of all the medicines and drugs and things, but obviously all that was gone. Um, Bed frames, yes, Um, but the one thing that I found really interesting was that there was still patients' belongings. Like in lockers there was like shoes and clothes left behind. Um, one really actually quite shocking discovery outside Tokonui was um, when we made our entrance we didn't obviously go through the front we kind of came around the side and we were walking through the grass and we kind of noticed we were walking on top of something like it wasn't just ground and we looked down and kind of pulled the grass apart and we were walking over belongings like it was suitcases and high chairs and beard frames and um, clothing and just like all sorts had just been dumped and like it had grown over And that was quite shocking to see that like, like lives almost and like belongings and memories had just kind of been dumped in the bush and just left there to decay.
0: don't know the story behind that is the fascinating thing as to to what the justification was for Mm. just just dumping everything Mm. um and um i suppose um yeah do you have any um sense of is it sort of creepy being in places like that i know it's a bit of a a a layman's question Mm -hmm. but uh is it sort of creepy being in those places with a history of um, suffering and of psychiatric illness?
1: It is a little bit, but personally, I, I'm i not someone that believes in things like ghosts or um, spirits. So I don't feel like there's those things around me or like watching me or anything. Like I can see how some people would get quite caught up on that and scared. Um, so I don't feel it in that way, but I definitely find it a little bit creepy just... Uh, I feel like the history kind of lingers in the building a little bit. And when you're in there, if you think too much and you start to think about, like, oh, what happened in here exactly? Like, um, one really kind of, I think the creepiest part for me at Tokunui was the, uh, we found the sort of padded cell rooms Mm -hmm. and it had three bolts on each door. Um, three lockable bolts and the rooms were padded and they had just one little window with bars over them and when we got to that point it was sort of like wow this is what went on like that is really intense to think about because you just don't think about that.
0: Definitely a situation that is trying to keep somebody safe from themselves.
1: yeah yeah exactly and and knowing too back then that uh, like psychiatric care and drugs weren't as good as they are now and so there was only so much they could do and putting them in a locked padded room was considered like a good thing and um it just seems crazy to me just to think and to be there and to kind of think about that like to be faced with it right then and there in front of you I think that sort of is a creepy feeling yep but um, not in yeah not in the sense of like ghosts or things like that mm.
0: taking photos would be very humbling of a, a such thing as a padded cell mm. and thinking of the history of that room mm. and the fact that it's still there, uh, relatively intact in a lot of cases. I mean, I imagine the, the ceilings and some of the walls would be collapsing.
1: Yeah, yeah. So they are mostly intact, I'd say. A few, A few broken ceilings, but yeah, mostly just as it was, really.
0: Are you sort of on on edge, keeping an ear out for a lookout for security when you're
1: in, <laughs> in places
0: like this? Because obviously, there's security at Tokanui.
1: Yeah, absolutely, definitely, hundred um, percent. Always got to be really careful. I think of that. Um, I think what I'm doing isn't a bad thing, like I said, because I'm not I'm not damaging anything or stealing anything. Um, and I think you know documenting it is really important as well like the history of it um so yeah just avoiding them being really careful being cautious um they do have security quite strong security measures at specifically at Tokonui. um but I did a lot of research before I went in there uh and kind of that helped me to get around yep and I made sure I only entered buildings that were like had an open window I didn't break anything to get in
0: Mm. Right, yeah, so you don't break into buildings if there's no, no entry into yep, it. that's right, yeah. Yep.
1: Just take a photo through the window or something. Like, I don't want to go... I know some urban explorers do. Um, they'll cut their way in or break their way in, and they can do that in a way that's not too damaging. Like, they kind of try and keep it intact as possible, but I th- sort of think, for me personally, it's just not worth it. It's not worth the effort of of doing that. I don't want to get caught or doing anything like that.
0: Do you know if in the um, Urban Explorers community there's sort of a, a separation between people who behave in different ways, or is it mostly a um, supportive community who want to help each other um, document the history of these places?
1: Yeah, I think mostly it's the latter. I think that... Um most urban explorers like when we post pictures will they usually don't post the exact location and fears of people coming to graffiti or damage the place um so they are respectful of that and um I think there's there's sort of like I think there's like a niche and if you kind of know each other and you get a message from them you'll kind of let them know exactly where the location is because you know you can trust them you've seen their photos before you may not have ever met them before but you've seen their photos and you know they're sort of um like the way they go about urban exploring and so you're okay with that and then other people you sort of just say hey like no I'm not comfortable sharing the like the exact location Um, and I think we the people who take it seriously they do sort of shun the uh, the bad guys a bit like they're not interested in letting people come to destroy these properties um, or graffiti them or use them as anything like that.
0: Mm. so I suppose there'd be sort of an upholding of standards there of, of respect for the places absolutely mm. yeah
1: yeah. That's, that's all it is it's respect for the history, for the place for the owner of it because a lot of times some of them can be privately owned um, and these people don't want anyone in there damaging things so um, I think it's really important to be careful, like selective who goes in there and who you give that information to
0: have you ever uh, sought permission to go onto a private piece of land to go and have a look at a at a heritage site.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think actually one of the first proper abandoned places that I did that really kicked off my sort of urbex obsession was um, back in my hometown of Thames um, and it's a upper valley and it's an old abandoned Cody loggers village and it's the whole village, it has the shop the like um, the saw for like chopping up all the logs and stuff and um, it had little houses like for the, for the loggers and things like that and um, it was luckily actually it was someone i knew rented part of that property and so i was able to get a hold of the owner of the land and sort of explain to her like i'd really love to come and have a look um can i please take photos i like, could be very respectful and she was totally cool with that and she was actually quite strict about letting people in there she never really let anyone in um, and so i got to go around and take photos um go inside the houses and look at the history and it, it was amazing
0: It is amazing and that's special that you got um let in to see that because it would be limited eyes cast over that in the last uh last few years
1: definitely yeah exactly so that's that felt very special actually to be allowed and I didn't use those photos for a long time like I sat on them for about maybe five or six years before I actually published them um uh, on the abandoned pages on Facebook and It kind of it might sound a bit silly, but it definitely had this feeling of like accomplishment. Like I felt really, um, like you said, special, like to have been allowed to go in there and have a look around and and really feel that history.
0: So yeah, you've been engaged in Urbex for a while then.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, when I said that my journey sort of started with those abandoned cars, that would have been about twelve years ago, when I was in high school, Um, and then from there it sort of just evolved and I I started um, following people on YouTube that do it overseas, um, and getting inspired, uh, and then just sort of, yeah, constantly looking out for new places.
0: No, i'm interested to hear about hamilton central station mm. which a lot of people wouldn't know is immediately underneath the center place shopping center mm. at the moment yeah um getting down into there i imagine would be a little bit of a feat mm. and and you you kind of don't want a train to go through when you're in there do you
1: no yeah so i is i was actually very lucky to go with someone who had already been so they took me down there and showed me um it wasn't easy but it wasn't too difficult but it obviously does involve walking through a dark train tunnel um and we went on a Sunday actually so I think that there was probably less trains running because we didn't encounter one at all um which was very lucky but yeah you definitely have to avoid the trains I think there's enough space that if you were careful you could avoid it but having a freight train speed past you if only like a meter away is kind of a little bit scary, I think.
0: Mm. And I imagine the driver would see you and a yeah. little Kiwi Rail to it.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah, I can imagine they would too. They would probably get a bit of a fright actually to see someone standing in there, mm-hmm. um, illuminated by their headlight, like a bit creepy, <laughs> yeah. probably. Um, but yeah, I think it was it was worth it. I mean, like I said, lucky that there was no trains about that day. Um, and there was no one else around down there either, which was cool.
0: Mm. How did it feel down there? How was it in terms of... Uh, the space is there a, a, a big open space down there?
1: Yeah there is at the platform it opens up quite big um, there's a photo if you google it there's a photo of how it looked when it was open um, which gives you a pretty good idea of how it is now but the old exit ramp has been like blocked off um, and it almost looks as if they have kind of just like ripped the top off and then plopped this the mall on top, mm-hmm. it's quite rough Almost, right. in some places. Um, not in the tunnel immediately, but sort of off behind the platform, um, mm-hmm. near where the, like, the exit was.
0: Mm. So it it's sort of like concrete foundations and stuff like that? Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, You can sort of see where I think the old concrete roof used to be, and they've ripped that out, and you can see old sort of like metal poles kind of all like wonky hanging out, and then the new concrete on top of that. Quite interesting how they kind of did that. They just sort of sealed it off.
0: In terms of um, um, of mines, I think they're a really interesting one because people don't think of mines as being just out there and open, that you mm. can basically walk into them. Mm. Um, have the mines you've been into been sort of off the beaten track? Have you had to go, go bush a bit to find them, or are they... I mean, I'm not asking you for the exact locations, (laughs) obviously. Yeah, no, no,
1: no, yeah. Um, Yeah, a little bit. I mean, actually, to be honest, I'm quite lucky because I'm from Thames. Thames was a mining town, and it's full of open mines, if you know where to look, like up in the hills. um, There are a lot of mine shafts and caves and things that you can just sort of wander into and have a look, and they aren't blocked off. Um, However, mines are not huge on my list of urbex. Like, I find them interesting, but... um, I think they're one of the scarier and more dangerous sort of options because they can collapse and there can be drops in the ground like shafts and things that you're not expecting. And um, So that's, that's one that I've only done a limited amount of, of like exploring in.
0: Mm. I imagine they'd have less remnants in there as well, like less yep. uh, equipment and things like that, whereas that's usually yeah. located above ground more so.
1: Yeah, yeah, inside the caves there's really nothing, it's just wetters and rocks, basically. Mm. (laughs) Well, and the ones that I've been into anyway, yeah. Yeah.
0: Are you alright with wetters? No, not at all, I hate them.
1: I hate them, I see a big one and I'm like, nope, i see ya, (laughs) turn around and I'm out.
0: (laughs) That's the thing, I imagine a lot of these places that you go to would have wetters in them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, well, some of the buildings, I haven't seen any creepy crawlies, I don't think. It's a lot of um, birds, actually. Birds and rodents um it's quite often you'll find like an old skeleton of like maybe like a cat or a possum or a rat or something like that, just sort of chilling on the ground, and lots of bird poo is a big one because they're living in the ceilings. Um that I can handle though. That I'm totally fine with doesn't bother me at all. Mm. Um wetters, nah, not a fan. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So how many places do you think you've been to and what keeps you what keeps you going there?
1: Oh, um, I can't give you a number. It'd definitely be in the double digits. I've been to quite a few places um, and what keeps me going, I don't know, I feel like um, I've been to a couple of places more than once and I feel like as a photographer, I kind of get home, I look at my photos and I'm like, those are good, but I want better. And so it's like the hunt, almost the hunt for the shot or for the like capturing it and kind of getting it maybe i'm a bit of a perfectionist so i'm always kind of trying to get the best sort of way to tell the story perhaps um but yeah and i just i don't know what it is i actually can't really explain it's just this feeling that i get um my brother-in-law actually he is from a little town called ohura And um, that's, I call it the almost abandoned town because there's still people there but the main street looks completely abandoned. All the shop fronts are shut, everything's decaying. There's nothing really down there. And he took me there and for the first time I remember driving down the main street and I remember just feeling this like overwhelming feeling of like, I can't even describe it, almost like joy and excitement and just like, I just couldn't wait to get out of the car to like get out and take photos and look at it all. It was just, I find it so fascinating. Like, just the history of it, yeah. I, I love Ohura. I think Ohura was one of the best places that I went. That was really cool, especially going with someone that um, knows the town, that grew up there, and like abandoned railways, abandoned rail bridges, abandoned shops, all these things.
0: Have you ever been caught by security?
1: No, I never have. No. I'm very lucky in that mm, way. Mm. Um, I... Definitely keep an eye out for security and security measures, so things like motion sensors, cameras, anything like that. And I really make a note of that in my head and avoid it. Try to go as undetected as possible. But yeah, I've never. I'm yet to be caught. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of WTS Waikatoa. If you liked what you heard, you can follow the show on Facebook and find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Free FM, the Community Access Media Alliance and New Zealand On Air for making this show happen.